0: From Maine Public Radio and mainepublic.org, I'm Carol Bousquet with the news on This Day in Maine, Thursday, March 9th, 2023.
1: This Day in Maine is made possible by listeners and by Now You're Cooking. Celebrating 23 years of selling cookware, kitchen tools, gadgets, and fine wine on historic Front Street in downtown Bath. Open seven days a week. And by Eastern Basements, a division of Maine-owned Eastern Mold Remediation, offering basement waterproofing solutions. EasternBasements.com.
0: Maine's Attorney General has joined a multi-state lawsuit that challenges what it describes as burdensome restrictions on one of the drugs used in medication abortions. Patty White reports.
1: Eighteen states are part of the lawsuit, which alleges that the Food and Drug Administration erred when it included mifepristone in a category of riskier drugs when the agency approved its use more than two decades ago. As a result, attorneys general say prescribing the drug is unnecessarily complicated and exposes patients and providers to privacy and safety risks, which have been exacerbated by the growing criminalization of abortion in the wake of the U.S. Supreme Court striking down Roe v. Wade. The lawsuit says mifepristone has fewer side effects than Tylenol and Viagra. It's asking a federal court to find the FDA's restrictions illegal. It's also seeking an injunction to halt enforcing restrictions while the case is pending. Mifepristone is also the subject of a lawsuit in Texas from abortion rights opponents who are challenging the FDA's approval and seeking to remove it from the nationwide market. For Maine Public Radio News, I'm Patti White.
0: A Harvard researcher told lawmakers on Thursday that Wabanaki communities trail far behind other tribes economically because of the 1980 agreement limiting tribal self-government. Joseph Kalt, with Harvard University's Project on American Indian Economic Development, was the co-author of a report that examined the economic impact of that decades-old agreement. That report, which was commissioned by the Wabanaki Alliance, found that most tribes nationwide have experienced extraordinary growth in recent decades as they gained greater ability to self-govern. Pacult says the 1980 agreement has directly contributed to the four Wabanaki Nation tribes having far higher poverty and unemployment rates than other tribes and Maine's population in general. What this does is it affects the ability um, of the Wabanaki Nations to be as aggressive as tribes elsewhere in the nation in trying to generate some advantages for themselves. Calt spoke to House members one week before leaders of the four tribes are slated to address a joint session of the Maine legislature. A new bill could require that state employee pension funds divest from any corporations that have publicly announced plans to stop trading lobster caught in the Gulf of Maine. Republican State Senator Eric Brakey says his bill is modeled on a 2021 law that called on Maine to divest state pension funds from fossil fuel companies.
2: If we are operating on that precedent, I think that precedent should extend to those companies that are boycotting Maine lobster.
0: Breakey says for now he believes the proposal may only apply to Amazon, which owns Whole Foods. The grocery chain announced last fall that it would stop carrying Gulf of Maine lobster after the fishery lost two sustainability certifications. The legislature is considering another bill that would disqualify Whole Foods from a state tax incentive program. The company that runs a state-owned landfill in Old Town says the potential crisis over disposal of municipal sludge has, quote, stabilized, but challenges remain. As Kevin Miller reports, state environmental regulators say they are exploring temporary and long-term solutions.
2: It's been roughly two weeks since Casella Waste Systems dramatically reduced the amount of sludge it would accept at Juniper Ridge Landfill because of stability concerns at the facility. That decision sent shockwaves across Maine as sludge began building up at wastewater treatment plants, whose managers warned of looming environmental disasters if trucks didn't start hauling it away. On Wednesday, Casella Representative Patrick Ellis told the Legislative Committee that the company has made temporary arrangements to haul much of that to facilities in New Brunswick and elsewhere. We expect that by the middle of next week, we will essentially be back to a status quo of of those facilities no longer being backed up and material being removed on a regular basis. So in terms of the short-term emergency that, that was caused by that instability of the landfill, I think we're past that at this point. But the amount of sludge going into Juniper Ridge remains dramatically lower than just a few weeks ago, and Ellis warned that trucking to New Brunswick might be a temporary solution. Municipal wastewater treatment plants, meanwhile, are having to pay a lot more money to dispose of that waste. Uh, We're not happy that we have to pass along this significant rate increase to them, but we are happy that we have been able to service them and uh, avoided uh, an actual, uh, in my mind, environmental catastrophe of of having to dump sludge uh, into into the rivers uh, of Maine. Casella officials insist the recent crisis stems from two new laws that simultaneously increase the amount of sludge being trucked to Juniper Ridge while decreasing the amount of bulky waste that must be mixed with the liquid sludge for stability. It was clear during Wednesday's briefing with the legislature's Environment and Natural Resources Committee, however, that some lawmakers were skeptical that Casella had done enough to find alternative so-called bulking agents. Senator Ann Carney is a Cape Elizabeth Democrat who sponsored the bill, essentially cutting off Casella's ability to deposit out-of-state bulky waste at the state-owned Juniper Ridge landfill.
1: Instead of using it as an excuse and leverage to try to get rid of really important public policies that prevent pollution and contamination in our state, if Casella could pivot and instead be a partner and help us deal with these
2: issues... Staff at the Maine DEP have also been scrambling to address the crisis in recent weeks. Part of that involved trying to find alternative disposal sites, but DEP Commissioner Melanie Loisem agreed with Casella that there's simply not enough capacity across New England to handle sludge. But Loisem says DEP staff has identified two lumber mills in Northern Maine who can provide 300,000 cubic yards of wood waste to Casella to mix with sludge at Juniper Ridge.
1: In terms of long-term options, So we've been chasing down bulking material to try to deal with a today and a tomorrow problem. Obviously, we also need to have a plan for the long term. That is a conversation the DEP has been having with many of the wastewater districts.
2: Loisum says those include methods to dry or digest sludge, as well as technologies to remove the forever chemicals known as PFAS. For Maine Public Radio News, I'm Kevin Miller.
0: Lewiston-based LePage Bakery is the only manufacturing facility in New England to be recognized by the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency for Energy Efficiency in 2022. The EPA says LaPage Bakery is one of 86 facilities across the U.S. to earn the agency's Energy Star certification. The industrial sector accounts for 30 percent of U.S. greenhouse gas emissions, which the EPA says primarily comes from energy use in manufacturing. And that's today's Maine News. For more stories, visit MainePublic.org and join us tomorrow morning at 11 for Maine Calling. I'm Carol Bousquet. Thanks for listening.